Think of these quick tip episodes like a cold water swim. In just a few minutes, you can get some amazing benefits to support you on your speaking journey. And bonus, the only thing that's getting wet here is your appetite to try this stuff out. And if you have a question you want me to answer about anything related to speaking, storytelling, pitching, performance or humour, then DM me on Instagram, LinkedIn or Twitter at SarahArcher15. Hello, welcome to another quick tip episode. How are you? I'm just winding things up ready for the Christmas break, but I had a couple of issues come up with clients this week and I wanted to share about them as I know that they highlight an important issue that might have been scuppering you without you knowing it. Scuppering is another word for sabotage, just in case it's a UK thing. Anyway, and this is it. Right, at the start of any pitch, any podcast, any talk, in fact, any piece of content, you have two jobs to do. One, grab the attention of the audience and two, show that what you're sharing is relevant to them. Fail to do that and you'll have lost them before you've begun. And 99% of the time to achieve those two goals, you'll need to do what I call leading with the problem and do it in a way that hooks your audience in. What that means is connecting deeply with where they are and the issues that they're facing. And if you get this right, the likely thoughts that they'll be having are, oh my God, that is exactly what I feel. It's like they're in my head. That is the problem that I've got. I've been working with two clients this past week where this issue has come up, as I said. First of all, my client Deb, she'd been asked to put an informal proposal together for a company, sharing some details of the work that she's done with other organisations. And we were working on putting this together. And she was planning to lead with the information about previous workshops she delivered for other organisations. But what I first asked Deb was, did the person you spoke to share any information on the challenges the company is facing at the moment? And Deb said, yes. And then she told me what the person had said. So I suggested leading the proposal by reflecting these issues and then transitioning from there into how she'd helped other organisations resolve similar challenges. It's a small change, but it can have a big impact. It reiterates the problem and brings it to the forefront of their mind and then it links it tightly to Deb's solutions. The second client I was working with was Joe, who wanted to chat through ideas and messaging for a new blog. As usual, I clarified the problem she was talking to, which was around business owners feeling like they're working for their business rather than their business working for them. And as a result, experiencing overwhelm and stress. Joe is a life coach that helps them get self-aware and then works with them to make sure life and business are aligned. And Joe was suggesting that her first blog be about alignment, explaining what it is and how it works. What I said was, I'm not sure that people will be worrying about alignment unless they understand how it relates to the problems they're experiencing. So we need to define the problem first 
and then show how alignment is the solution. And this is a really important thing for you to check in on regularly. I want you to ask yourself, does my audience understand the problem and solution in the same way that I do? Does my solution need explaining to them? And if it does, can I explain it simply? You've got to make sure that the problem is understood first or you're really on a hiding to nothing. You're never going to get the results that you want. It's great when you've spoken to your target audience, you know, like you've had a one-to-one conversation with them, but how does this work when you're putting a talk together and you haven't had that same contact? Well, as you've probably heard me say on here before, when I work with speakers on their talk, the first thing we do is spend time looking at audience intimacy. And this starts with the problem they solve. What I want to check, and I also do this in game plan calls with people who aren't even clients yet, because I need to understand it, is uh, that they are able to articulate the problem they solve in a way that's easily understandable and their audience will relate to. And in my program, if there is an issue, then we do what I call the grandma or five-year-old test. I challenge them to explain the problem and their solution in a way that either their grandma or a five-year-old would understand. And if you've seen the recent LinkedIn adverts, they highlight this issue really well. I wanted to share it with you. My daughter says she works in B2B where she sells SEO and MRM to CPGs. I don't know how this happened. She was speaking in complete sentences before she was two, and now she just mumbles all these alphabets. When I call her, she says she can't speak because she needs to check the CTR on an ESM, ASAP. I blame myself. Should have been around more. Parents don't get B2B. LinkedIn does. I really like that advert. I think it made me chuckle. I think they did a good job. Um, And so that's the first thing, checking the people understand the problem and the solution. The next thing that we do is we spend time considering who they're solving this problem for and how those people relate to the problem right now. What are they thinking, feeling, saying and doing about the problem? What do they believe? What assumptions are they making? And so on. We're aiming to get a 360 view of the problem from their target audience's perspective. And on top of making sure you've got the problem nailed down in a way that the audience will quickly and easily relate to, you've also got to understand that there are different stages of the customer acquisition journey. And you also need to figure out where your audience is so that you can connect with them where they are. And it might vary from one talk to another if you've got different audiences. So we've got to check in when we're planning our talk on how sophisticated the audience is that we're speaking to. Are they aware of the problem? Or do you need to educate them about it first? Do they know that there's a solution to the problem? Do they know about your solution? For example, I recently found out that one of my clients hadn't considered speaking as a way to market her book. She came into my world via a collaboration so not directly from a piece of my content. So what that told me is that if I'm doing a talk to an audience of new authors, I would probably need to lead with the problem of them struggling to get their book, that they put blood, sweat and tears into publishing 
out into the world and how speaking is an incredible marketing tool to help them promote it. But if I was talking to authors who I knew were already speaking, then I would likely lead with the problem of their talk not getting them the results that they want, failing to get books sold, failing to get their uh, services uh, sold and so on, not winning clients. And then I'd share the mistakes that most speakers make and why my speaking system sorts that out and gets the audience into action. Does that make sense? You've got to tailor the problem to where they are in that customer acquisition cycle. So your takeaways from this episode are, first, check that you're articulating the problem and your solution in a way that's easily understandable and accessible. Second, consider how sophisticated your audience is. Are they already aware of the problem or do you need to educate them first? Third, always be leading with the problem to connect with your audience where they are and show why what you're sharing is worth them paying attention to. There you go. I hope that that helps you get better results with your speaking, but not just your speaking. As I said, your pitching, your podcasts, your podcast guest interviews, anywhere that you are communicating with your target audience, lead with the problem. Cool. That's all I have for you today. I hope that you found this useful. And if so, I would love it if you would take a couple of minutes to leave an honest rating or review over at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. Um, all that's left for me to say is, first of all, thank you for choosing The Speaking Club to listen to. And if you are on LinkedIn or Instagram, do connect and say hi. And secondly, have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas break. If you're celebrating it, that's fine. If you're not, if you, maybe you've just got the time off, but I hope you have a chance to rest, recharge and have some fun. Until next time, don't forget to go out, grab your Christmas by the nuts and get cracking. Bye bye. It's a nightmare. You're an expert with so much to say, but now that you've been booked to speak, you're struggling to know exactly what to talk about. You want a talk that engages the audience and wins you new clients without you losing your personality or anyone feeling pitched to. But what happens when you sit down to create that talk is that you end up staring at a blank page for ages or worse, surrounded by hundreds of sticky notes with content that you could include. With so much material, you just don't know where to start or finish. Don't worry, because many experts like you face exactly the same challenge. And that's why I created the Blank Page to Stage Guide. In just 50 minutes, this breakthrough resource is going to help you identify the big idea of your message, make it relatable for the audience that you're speaking to, and convey it all in a way that gets the audience inspired and on board with your idea. And it works even if you have tons of material or your subject feels less than exciting. If you want to cut through swathes of content and get a talk that you're excited to share, your audience loves and wins you new clients, then grab your blank page to stage guide from saraharcher.co.uk slash new guide hyphen TSC. Oh, I forgot to say, it's completely free. Enjoy.